This call is being recorded. Yeah. You got it? I got it. Yeah, you sound much better this time. So I beat Mass Effect 3 last night. Really? You powered through that one, huh? At 3 o'clock in the morning. Damn. <laughs> so the last mission, like, a whole bunch of it is cutscenes. Mm-hmm. So you kind of have to sit through it. Yeah. And I had no idea. No idea how long that was. Had no idea. I got home at like eleven thirty. Uh, I played I played tournament magic last night. Uh, went out to dinner afterwards with a couple of dudes that I played with. Mm-hmm. And uh, probably I went inside and then I played. Nice. Good time. How does it how does it feel now revisiting the series like in this new there like, was, special? Uh, the game was remastered and it was absolutely gorgeous. Like it, they did a really good job. I'm waiting for like a good discount, <clears throat> but I will probably pick it up. And uh, the D, the the DLCs that I had never played kind of helped me play Mass Effect in a whole new way again. Yeah. And it was great. I, I genuinely enjoyed all of it. Uh, and the third new ending, I like a lot more than the other two options that they gave you in the first run. Oh, yeah, they added, like, like a bunch of people were real pissed off, so they added, like, a new ending, right? <laughs> Well, yeah. Well, at the end of the origi- at the end of the original release of Mass Effect Three, there were two options. You could uh, you could destroy the Reapers mm-hmm. and destroy the Mass Effects and all the rest of that, or you could choose to control them. Yeah. Uh, and then the new third option which is kind of whack in its own way, I think. It feels like it, it really was one of those things where they just made it to be like, all right, everybody shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. There's this thing called symbiosis, or whatever the hell it is. I forget exactly what the word was that they used. But you basically rewrite everything in the planet's DNA or molecular structure... So that synthetics and organics can live together in peace. Okay. Which is the one that I chose just because it was the new option. Mm hmm. But Shepard still dies. Shepard dies no matter what. Which I was really hoping that there would be a third option where Shepard didn't die. Yeah. He's a god. I mean, it was it's yeah, but like what it what that option does is it locks unlocks the knowledge of the universe, quote unquote. All of the civilizations that have been harvested before. 
everything, mm-hmm. all all knowledge was now available because you are now part, the Reapers are part of humanity, are part of Turi, are part of the Turian race, are part of the Asari, are part of so blah 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 blah, blah all the way through it all. It's all just living in so harmony you, now. Yeah, so you you unlock quote unquote unlimited knowledge is what mm-hmm. you unlock. I wonder I I wonder which will be like the canon ending moving moving forward in the series cuz I know like Andromeda that's like they got their own story going on doesn't matter how Mass Effect ended. What I'm hoping is that it'll take all of your save data for all three games. And, and you can transfer them over. That's that was my assumption when they when they released this remaster. That was like why they were doing it, so that you could yeah. have your your modern era save. But now, who knows? Maybe There's, maybe you won't even get you won't even get Mass Effect on this this current generation. Well, what I'm hoping is that no matter what, your save data saves to the cloud. Yeah. So. Oh yeah, because you got you got Xbox Live. So yeah. Yeah, I got. You can I got just move, you can just move your shit around. Yeah. Not to mention, all of my save data for Mass Effect is on that external hard drive. Mm-hmm. True. So all I have to do is plug it in. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be really cool to if 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 this new game actually lets you like bring everything in. This fucking cat. So this cat, every once in a while, he'll just disappear, and we have no idea where he is. Uh-huh. Last night, we figured out where he is all the time. So he gets up on the kitchen counter, and he gets up on the on the top of the fridge, and then he gets up on top of the cabinets. And we have this, like, cutout second. area. Hang on one second. Okay. One second. Good morning. Can I help you? Uh, can I get a large ice cup from a mocha cream only, please? And uh, can I get a sausage, egg, and cheese on and everything? Okay. That's going to do it. Yeah, that's it. Oh, that sounds good. That sounds good. Yeah, right. So but, you uh, have a cutout we, on top of your there's, cabinet. There's this little cutout, like, so our kitchen is sort of like, it's like a little closed-in little area over here. But up above the counter, there's like a pass-through for like a breakfast bar. And then above that, there's a cutout. So there's like a gap between the wall and the ceiling. And that is right next to a built-in bookshelf that also has like a little gap up top. And that's where he has been just hanging out. We never thought to look up there. So every once in a while, Loki will just disappear. (laughs) And he's been up there. Right now he's just sitting on top of the refrigerator because I caught him. Little fat ass. Yep. Uh, we used to lose the Siamese in the ceiling, in the basement. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was like a suspended ceiling. Uh, we had to have, or we put a heater in in the basement, like a gas mm-hmm. heater. Yeah. And uh, they had to cut a small hole in the ceiling to run the pipes through. Mm-hmm. So the Siamese used to find their way into that little hole and just hang out in there. Mm. We used to lose Gwen 
inside my mom's box spring. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. My uh, my parents had uh, had a hole in my box spring. Uh huh. You can only tell where he was because easily fitting anywhere. Yeah. Well, no. You you pop your head under the bed trying to figure out where he was, and you just see this, and that's where he was. Mm. Yeah. This big hanging spot, like he was just chilling in a hammock. Yeah. No, my parents had a waterbed. You know, like the frame for a waterbed has usually you've got like drawers under there. Yep. So there was a spot between the drawers. If you go around the back and and between the drawers, you get like five, six cats in there easy. <laughs> Funny critters they are. Yeah. So Boba Fett. Which one, which do you, what do you want to talk about? So, so we have thus far only talked about the first two episodes. Uh, I want to talk about this biker gang. These cyborg kids. Because there is, so there's precedence for characters like this in Star Wars. That dude, Lobot, from, he was, he worked with Lando on the, uh, on the Cloud City. He had that sort of like modification situation. Yeah, but wasn't I thought he was just a droid to begin with. No, no, he was he was augmented. Okay. With like droid parts. Oh. I have an issue with these kids. Thank you. Mostly because you I have... feel like I feel like they would Why? they would make sense like I think their speeder bikes are cool and they're cool as characters. They don't fit in on Tatooine. They don't make any sense there. I feel like if they were on Coruscant, that would make sense. I feel like it makes perfect sense. They just These feel are so out of place. Modifications. I guess so. You will never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy. True. I assumed that this show would leave Tatooine at some point. I knew I didn't for realize, a fact that it was. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize it was going to be a Star Wars show that just takes place on land. I yeah. love that we're seeing that Boba Fett is an animal lover. With the rancor and and the uh, the the bantha, when he's letting the bantha uh, go. Oh yeah, when he's just like, go on, old go friend. I'm bantha. sorry that we can't be friends anymore. And blah blah, blah. I will miss you. Go make baby bantha. Mm-hmm. He's a sweetheart. And he's like a really <laughs> like he's a bad guy, but like he's a good guy. He's a bad guy. Talk- he's not a bad guy. Can we take just two seconds to appreciate the fact that Rancors are giant puppies? Yeah. And I love that they decided to do that and Mm -hmm. finally let us see why that poor big fat man was so sad. Mm -hmm, Because he loved his Rancor and his Rancor. When the Rancor died. Yeah. (laughs) Clifford the big red Rancor. Mm. 
I love that it's Danny Trejo. Me too. If anyone's going to be, if, if any role fits Danny Trejo the best. It's, mm-hmm. it's a rancor tamer. <laughs> it's like I figured he was going to show up at some point with Robert Rodriguez. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. I knew it too. I was I, like, even when they <clears throat> when they started the Mandalorian, mm-hmm. I said to myself, "If Danny Trejo isn't in this, I don't know what else he's going to be in." Book of Boba Fett. And 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 now we have Danny Trejo, Rancor Tamer. Mm-hmm. I want to know what his character's name is, actually. Yeah. And uh, we got kind of a a big reveal in episode, in this fourth episode, uh, when when he's pacing around his throne room saying, I don't need brains, I need muscle. Mm -hmm. And she goes, and Fennec says, oh, well, you... I know where we can get... I know where credits can buy muscle if we know where to look. Yeah. And then the Mandalorian theme starts. Mm-hmm. I think we I think we do get to see Din Djarin again. Yeah. I love... Uh, what's his name? Kersantan? Kersantan? Oh, like, Black... Black... Yes. Black Kersantan, whatever his name is. Yeah. And he's part of the posse now. Like... Like, you knew he was going to be. It reminds me of, like, a Japanese RPG where you just pick up random characters along the way and they all just join up with you. That That is Mass Effect in a nutshell. Yeah. Every game you have to build your squad. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, it's a lot of recurring faces. But, like, uh, in Mass Effect 2, when you go to get... There's a, a sniper wreaking havoc... Uh, taking out bad guys, murking up mercs. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And he's bo- and he's barricaded himself in this house that only has one way in and one way out, and it's an open bridge across this chasm. And he's just picking up to come across the bridge. So you get in through like this this sewer system from the backside, and you realize it's Gareth. Who is? Wait, this is Garrus, right? Yeah. In my opinion, I remember getting Shepherd's, him. Yeah, in my opinion, is Shepard's best friend. Yeah. The rigs to his Murtaugh. Yep. He even says it in Mass Effect 3. Uh, in Mass Effect 3, before you go on the final assault into the Citadel, um, you get to talk to everybody, and you get to give them all these words of encouragement. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, what Shepard says to Garrus is there is no Shepard without Vicarian. Hmm. Love you, buddy. Uh, I also there's a, of, I, there's a lot of good heart moments in that yeah. factory. Like a lot of good. You got me in the feels. You got me in the feels. <laughs> I'm not crying. You're crying. But 
I also really love that Boba Fett wants to become a crime lord because he's sick of working for dumbasses. Like, that's basically right. his entire explanation. He just doesn't want to work yeah. for idiots anymore <laughs> who are going to get I'm him sick. killed. I'm sick of working for idiots that are going to get me killed. How many lives could have been saved with just a little bit of common sense? I love that his his motivations are not complex. It is a very yeah, simple, very simple story for the, him. And they're surprisingly pure. Yeah. Like, yeah, he wants to like be a crime wants, boss, but he wants to make everyone's life better, you know? Yeah, like, it's not just, oh, I'm in charge. It's, I'm in charge, but I'm going to make sure everybody comes up with me. Mm-hmm. He gives those kids a job. He uh, he tells the Stephen Root, another great cameo they had in there, but uh, he tells that guy to stop overcharging for water. Yeah. He throws him that bag of, he throws him the bag of 500 credits and he goes, listen, that's going to be it or I'm going to kill you. <laughs> what is he, he says how much it actually, like 3,000 and he goes, I heard you. Yeah, yeah. He says no, sir. Three thousand. Uh, that's five hundred, and you'll take it. <laughs> Fennec Shand is a great character too. She's really growing on me over the over the course of this. She, I think, may be my favorite character in this whole thing. Yeah, because she's. In the in the opening, what we see is when she's trying to convince Boba Fett, like, no, we should fucking kill this guy. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you doing, bruh? Fear runs, respect runs runs with fear, and she and he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. She's just like this badass broad that just wants to murk everybody up. Mm-hmm. And Boba Fett's like, no, could you chill the fuck out? She just wants to kill people. Do me a favor, Fennec, alive. <laughs> after after he just launched a missile at one of them. Yeah. When they after infiltrate Jabba's palace. Like a grape. When they infiltrate Jabba's palace to, to steal back the slave one. And they're they're with mm-hmm. the droids kitchen. The little rat catcher. <laughs> he gets so scared he turns himself off. <laughs> He yeah. got like pinned up against the wall. He opens up his chest and turns himself off. <laughs> when he looks at him and he goes, "Do you know who I am?" And he, I don't know. He goes, "I'm Boba Fett." <laughs> and he, the robot Fett. shuts himself off, and and Fennec looks over at him, looks over at Boba, and goes, "Are we done here?" One of my favorite things is the way he delivers <laughs> that line too. I am Boba Fett. Uh, uh, the way I equate that <clears throat> is you're like a level five barbarian and you've mm-hmm. just got an intimidate score high enough to actually scare the shit out of somebody. And mm-hmm. it ends up being some low level fucking unnecessary NPC. The rat catcher. <laughs> it's the rat catcher. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Uh, mm-hmm. but can we talk about the stoplight with blades? 
The oh, <laughs> so like the butcher droid or whatever with all the fucking yeah. cooking knives. <laughs> yeah. I love how many droids they have on this show that are obviously practical effects that are like real, like robots that they've built. Like I'm pretty sure most of the droids are actually like physically there on set. Yeah, I think so too, because like you can even see it too. You can tell what, which ones are puppets and which ones aren't. Mm Mm-hmm. This like butler droid that uh that the Boba Fett has is definitely like being manipulated with strings. It's very old school and I love it. That butler droid is really good too. I like it I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. Do you think the whole story with the huts is really as simple as they like they're just gone now? I think they're gonna be back. I think there's like a big like problem brewing and they're involved and they're just trying to like throw them off the scent. Mm. I don't know. I think once he defeats the, once you defeat the Pike syndicate, I do think they're going to come back. Yes. Yeah. Maybe that'll be season two will be the huts. Who knows? Um, yeah. Have you heard that he's also said that in Ahsoka he's he wants to play Rex and all the other clones. I I've heard I've heard rumor that he might be coming to play Rex. Yeah, that would be cool. He also might pop up in Obi Wan as Boba Fett, like younger. Yeah. But I think it would be cool to see him as Rex. Yeah. You've seen I love that. About this series. You've seen that thing. There's uh, the one soldier, the one rebel soldier on on the forest moon of Endor in Return of the Jedi, who's got the big bushy white beard. Mm-hmm. That everybody has decided that's Rex in the Battle of Endor. I mean, it makes sense. Have you seen the pictures? Mm-hmm. There's there's concept art of Rex floating around. Yeah. And it's him with a big white beard. Yeah, I'm sure that, like, uh, Dave Filoni, like, saw that character in Return of the Jedi when he was a child and was like, I want to make a character out of that guy. Right. And Rex is, like, easily the most, apart from Boba Fett, the most resilient of the clones. Mm-hmm. Finally killed the Sarlacc with that sound, man. They know what it does to us. I think so, too, because I thought that, and a lot of people, a lot of people are so upset about the physics of Boba's ship. When he flips it over and sits the windshield down into the hole, mm-hmm. people are upset about that. Like, why? I because Star Wars fans hate Star Wars. Yeah, I guess. But the thrusters are on the sides of the ship, and they rotate independently. 
Mm-hmm. So you can flip them all the way around. It's not like, I don't know, I think people are complaining just so they can complain. Like, there are valid complaints to be made about this series. It is kind of cheesy, but in, like, a fun Star Wars kind of cheesy way. But let's be real. As Star Wars fans, I'm sure people are going to get mad at me for this. Mm-hmm. It is a dorky, corny thing all it, the way through. It is, and sometimes it requires, sometimes it it can requires be a, a deeper certain amount darker. of ticky Yeah. Sometimes it can be a little deeper and darker, like parts of the, the sequel trilogy and Mandalorian. But, like, this show is is just, like, so Star Wars. It's just such a space opera. Like, it's so cheesy, and it's perfect. That's what I say to people when they say, oh, I didn't like this, and I didn't like it. Why? The whole fucking movie is that. Like, Mandalorian is based on, like, like serious westerns, and this is based on, like, like B-movies. Yeah. Like elevated, I think they're doing a great job. Uh, biggest complaint: I was actually I was talking to Daniel about this, and he pointed out something really good, really great. My, my biggest issue with it is that the two stories don't feel like we're getting enough of either. He said, "My and Daniel was talking about how uh, like they're both really great stories, and they're both being told really well, but because they're splitting it." between these two stories, we're not getting enough of either. And it would have been better if we had gotten one season that was from him escaping the Sarlacc pit to finding his armor. And then the next season was him taking over Tatooine. But I think the bouncing back and forth, if they had a better balance, the bouncing back and forth does work. I think that's what I would say. I think that if we could get a little bit more of one rather than the other. Or or just more of both, like balance it out better, like have 50-50 instead of like this last episode was all flashback. Almost entirely. Um... Anyway, majority flashback. I don't it was think like in a, I would say a solid fifty minutes. It was like thirty minutes. Yeah. Yeah, but then there were fifteen minutes of solid story in the present. Yeah, and that was really good. And it was really good. <laughs> Boba Fett's finally a um, Boba Fett's Boba finally Fett doing is, something. Uh, we can no longer say that he is the most useless character in the Star Wars universe, but what is he really going to affect right now? I don't know. Yeah. I think these are fun little filler stories at the moment, and that's it. Yeah. And I don't mind that. I don't mind that at all. Me either. It uh, it, it helps develop a picture of these characters that we loved from back in the day. Yeah. That makes sense. So, yeah. So Ahsoka Tano was in development. Already, like, shooting? It's not. It doesn't start shooting until later this year. Yeah. 
So they have started, um, I believe, on Mando season three. They're at least in early production for Mando, yep, Mando season, season three. Mando season three is in early is in production. Pedro's over there working on Last of Us, which should be wrapping yep. soon. Yep. Um, I think. What else? Uh, Obi Wan and or Obi Wan is in reshoots right now. Okay. But uh, Andor has been in production this whole damn time, and nobody's talked about it. <laughs> that one, Which I'm I think really is good excited on for Andor. Yeah, yeah. Which I think is good on they did a sizzle reel think... like last year sometime. But now, Cassie and Andor is the one from Rogue One, right? Yeah, him and K two S O. Yeah, the one that they downloaded into the Millennium Falcon. No, that's L337 from Solo. Oh, okay. K2SO is the Imperial this... Battle Droid? Right. That's right. You are being rescued. It's going to be Cats uh, paying a lot just... of attention to doorknobs. He's sitting at the front door just staring at the doorknob. Is Melissa home? Yeah. Huh. No, sometimes so we what? sometimes he will just sit at the door. He'll just sit at the door. <laughs> yeah, Marshall does the same thing. Yeah. Just in case. He likes to slip out. He'll make it about ten feet down the hallway and then stop. He never like really makes a run for it. He just likes to be out in the hallway. Marshall, one of the first few times he got out, because he, he didn't have any interest in going outside right away when we brought him home. Um, he was just, I think he was just more happy to be inside of a house than he was to be outside. Yeah. But then all of a sudden, one day, he was just like, no, I want to go outside. Mm-hmm. Makes it outside, hops the fence in front of the courtyard, and then just laid down and marveled at the rest of the world that was around him. <laughs> like, I wonder if he thought that if he hopped the fence, he'd be right back at the Legion where we got him. Yeah. Oh, and then wait. he was just like, oh, shit. Wait, what? <laughs> and then my my mom walked out and was just sat down next to him and he and he was just like, yeah, all right. I'll just hang out with you. Well, we back in Charlotte when Loki was very young, we used to like every once in a while take him out on the porch and just stand outside with him on the porch, and he was not very impressed. Like, I don't think he wants to live outside. He'll watch the birds and stuff (laughs) from the window. There was a big fat pigeon he used to like to watch when we were up on the third floor. You wouldn't believe the size of this fucking pigeon. (laughs) (laughs) Everything's bigger in Texas. So I made a note to not forget to mention something when we recorded. Okay. Uh, You've heard about the Microsoft Activision acquisition, I assume. Thank thank the Lord. (laughs) Seventy billion dollars they're paying to acquire Activision Blizzard. 
what? And hopefully their first move is to get rid of Bobby Kotick, who is the problem. But $70 billion. So they paid $4 billion for Bethesda. The difference here being that with Bethesda, they bought a controlling share for $4 billion. With Activision Blizzard, they bought the whole damn thing. 100% of the company belongs to Microsoft. Everything. I saw a really good. Uh, I, I saw a really good uh, TikTok about this. Yeah. And, and someone was like, "Oh, well, what are we going to do about the Activision problem?" Blah 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 blah. And then it cuts over to Microsoft and says, "Oh no, we'll take care of it." <laughs> Wait, but but how? Oh, we're just going to fucking buy it. Yeah. All of it. Hmm. Oh, what do you mean, like a controlling share, like what you did with blah, 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 blah? No. Fucking everything. And we're going to fire everyone. Yeah, they got to get rid of Bobby Kotick. (laughs) They will. I think think, uh, Bill Gates really knows what he's doing here, so... Uh, I think this is more of a Phil Spencer thing. Phil Spencer, I've heard a lot of... I've listened to a lot of interviews. He, He frequently guests on a lot of the gaming... Uh, podcasts I listen to and he is just like yeah. a regular dude Phil Spencer is CEO of Xbox okay but, uh, that makes a whole like, lot of sense then he's just like a regular guy he's just a gamer and he plays he, he, he comes on he doesn't even come on these shows just to talk about Xbox and shit he'll, he'll talk about what Switch games he's playing what he's playing on Playstation PC doesn't matter uh, the gaming industry knows him as Uncle Phil, is what they call him. Huh. So Phil Spencer, he tweeted the other day that he had a meeting with the uh, the bosses at PlayStation about the future of Call of Duty. And he said that they will be honoring all existing agreements with PlayStation. So we'll likely still see a few... Activision Blizzard releases on PlayStation. I think. Uh, I feel like uh, if they didn't, they would be doing a disservice. Diablo to most Four of will probably be coming out on PlayStation. But he also said in this tweet that uh, they expressed their desire, and that's a, a key term here, and it is a completely different sentiment. <laughs> expressed their desire to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation platforms. And I think what they're really planning to do is get Game Pass on PlayStation. Ooh. And it's like, you know, they've been, they've been trying to do this for a while. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be what, what pushes it over. Like, the guys, at, the guys at PlayStation, if they don't take the deal, fucking stupid. They lose Activision. Call, Call of Duty is too big to say no. Yeah, yeah. Like that. See, that's that was the big thing that we were actually talking about this in Magic last night. Because um, I, I I sat down and someone said, "Oh, why, you have an Xbox. Why don't you play Overwatch?" And I was like, "Because I'm more of a Call of Duty guy. I like realistic things. I, I don't. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of these like big battle huge, royale futuristic boil battle royales. I like PUBG. I like Call of Duty. I like the only one that I really like, and I'm honestly losing a lot of taste for 
is the Halo online. Yeah, I've heard Halo That's Infinite only... online was a lot of fun. It is. It, don't get me wrong, it's a lot of fun, but the curve to get to it when you, when you first start is staggering. Yeah. Like I th- I mean I was very good at Halo 3 online. Very good. Mhm. Uh but it's a completely different thing now. Yeah. There's there's just something about it that's different and it it was hard for me to adjust to it. Yeah. But I went back to playing COD with a couple of, uh, I have a few friends throughout the country that we will jump on and we'll play and hang out. And all of a sudden, my KD in COD from playing Halo, uh, I was, I mean, I'm not good at online games by any means. I, at, at the, yeah, my, me neither. At my best, I think I was at like a .8 KD. Because, mm-hmm. let, let's be serious, I don't really pay attention all that well. <laughs> Like, yeah. I'll miss somebody moving off in the corner and getting hurt. Or yeah. I will, I'll I'll pop my head out of a window trying to get a good scope on somebody, and someone will see the flash of my scope and kill me. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, all right, cool, whatever. I just got murked up. I'll just hang out in, in a corner and wait for someone to come by. And that's sometimes what happens is I'll walk into, a, walk into like, a house, mm-hmm. chuck a stun in through the window, Done a whole squad and then murk up a whole squad and that'll those will be all four the only four kills I get all night you know what I mean yeah but like my KD it's just fun to I like hang out with went, your friends online yeah but my KD since I went back since you have to pay more attention to how fast paced Halo is mm-hmm. my KD right now is a one point two oh nice and I'm like huh hmm. huh. Okay. Not bad, Fatty. <laughs> Not bad. <laughs> and I was like, huh, this is the highest KD I've ever had in Call of Duty. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, well, all right, practice lightning rounds in Halo and then move over into COD for the night. Works for me. So, uh... Because I am, re- I am garbage. Garbage at Halo. Garbage. Yeah. Hot um... garbage. I went... The last game that I played on Halo, I went three and twelve. Yeah, and I was like, "Cool, that is a point four. No, that is a point three three. Horrible. <laughs> Don't drink that Goodbye. gross sink water. Don't drink that gross sink water." So, uh, insider rumor now, after the Activision announcement, there's uh, insiders at Microsoft, uh, quote-unquote insiders. They could just be random people on the Internet. but They are uh, random people on the Internet, Michael. There are, everybody's a random person on the Internet. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. these are coming from sources that are sometimes correct. Um, okay. Uh, they say that Microsoft now has their eyes on a certain Japanese video game studio by the name of Nintendo. Ha! Now, so they bought... They're, they're, oh, I'll believe that when my shit So they tried. And they like rainbow shit. Yeah, they tried. But they tried to buy Nintendo and they got laughed out of the room. But here's yeah. the deal. They just acquired Activision Blizzard for 
$68.7 billion. So close to 70. You round up to make it sound more impressive. Yeah. Well, no, you Nintendo, round up, of course. Nintendo is currently valued at $53 billion as a company. Oh, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but also, also uh, the Xbox folks and the Nintendo folks, they have a really great working relationship. Like, there are some Xbox games coming out on, on Switch. Like, Cuphead came out a while back. That was an Xbox exclusive. Yeah. So, so they have a really great relationship, and I think they could probably avoid having to buy Nintendo. <laughs> If they put Game Pass on Switch, which I think even better than PlayStation, Game Pass on Switch would make so much sense. Yeah, I can agree with that. I can agree with that. Yeah. I also have no idea. I have no idea what I'm going to do now that I'm done with Mass Effect. Oh. I think I'm going to. I think what I would like to do is download the actual campaign for Halo Infinite. Yeah, I've heard it's I've heard it's a really uh especially heard, after the last an, Halo game, it is a really great uh, like return to form for the franchise. Uh, I think so too cuz it's it's a full continuation of Matt of the Master Chief saga. It is a full continuation which Yeah. which takes everything from obviously Halo, Halo 2, Halo 3, Halo 4. Yeah. There's supposed to be, there's a lot of elements from ODST in it as well. Mm -hmm. uh, like there's an ODST team that has to hunt down Master Chief. Yeah. Now, I only ever played the first Halo on Xbox. Yeah. I only ever I played, played them that all. first game. But uh, I played them all. Like, I, like I've said before, I listen to a lot of gaming podcasts. So I've heard a lot of people talking about Halo Infinite. And I never realized that Halo was like, sort of a goofy game, like when you get into the story. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it is. I thought yeah. Halo was one of those, like, was one of those, like, deadly serious, even though it's, like, cheesy as hell. Sort of like Metal Gear. No. Like, Metal Gear is, is no. serious, but Let ridiculous. Let me put it to you this way. The first, the first time I heard a grunt scream, fuck you, at me. <laughs> the very, I was, Halo 1, it was on Xbox, and I was, I want to say, hey, Xbox 360 came out in 2001. I was 17. Mm -hmm. Was I 17? I might have just turned 18. No, it was, it was a month before my 18th birthday. Okay. When Xbox 360 came out. And that was Man. released. That was released with Halo 2. Mm -hmm. um, so, Halo Gaming Evolved, which is the full title of the game. Yeah. Am I right? I might be Halo wrong. Combat I, Evolved. I know it's Combat Evolved. Thank you. It's something evolved. I knew that. Um was one of, like, I want to say the last releases on Xbox. Jesus, 2005. Again, I, I, 2005, are you serious? The, the Halo, the first Halo, yeah, no, December, hold on. 
November twenty second, two thousand five, was when the the Xbox three hundred and sixty released. Okay, so it was in, so yeah, I knew. It was but in the November. first Halo was the launch title for the original Xbox. That's it. Thank you. I remember what a big deal it was. Is B, BJ got an Xbox? So uh, it was. It was in, so it hang on a minute. So hang on a minute. Yeah. Did you did you Google when Halo was released? Uh, let me take a look. Hold on a minute. I'm doing it right now. Halo Combat Evolved, November 15th, 2001. Yeah. So, okay. So in 2001, I'm sorry, I did my math way wrong. In mm. 2000, you said it came out in 2005, right? The yeah, Xbox so Halo 2 was was toward the end of the original Xbox's life cycle. So and I remember, I remember how big a deal that was. I remember the the cinematic trailer and everything, and how cool it was. In two thousand one, I was I was eighteen in two thousand six, so I was thirteen years old. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time I heard a grunt scream "fuck you" at me. Mm. And I have been in love with Halo ever since. Yeah. And I am I am thirty four. <laughs> I have been playing Halo for damn near twenty years. Yeah. Oh man. It's crazy to think about these franchises. It's like Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> the first game on PlayStation One, that's that game's only like twenty five years old. But it mm-hmm. seems like ancient history. And Hi, man. we can we can thank, in my opinion, we can thank Microsoft for the current state of gaming. Oh yeah, absolutely. Especially like the online the online like environment of the of the gaming community. That's all that's all Xbox. I remember it. I mean, it started with PlayStation 2. When you yeah, and that little, that like, plug-in. modem plug-in, yeah, that nobody yeah. used. Well, I was just going to say, that little modem, pl- modem plug-in that no one used. And it to play Final Microsoft Fantasy XI like, and nothing else. <laughs> yeah, and it took, it took Microsoft putting an Ethernet port on the back of the Xbox. The original Xbox. The original yeah. Xbox. Everything about the Xbox was better. The hard drive, you could store music on it. That was probably my favorite part about the original Xbox was mm-hmm. putting putting my favorite CDs, CDs, Michael. This was before MP3s. Yeah. I remember, I remember it, when you got your put, 360 and I bought your Xbox. Yeah. And you had all of, was it Led Zeppelin? Like their entire discography. Every, the entire discography of of Led Zeppelin was in there. Because there was nothing better than listening to, than listening to Zeppelin while you're in a racing game. And then uh, the Grand Theft Auto games, when they re-released those on Xbox, you get you had like your tape deck in the car. So you could switch to a tape instead of the radio stations and listen to the music on your Xbox. Yep. 
No, the Xbox changed everything. It's like it was the first entertainment system. Yeah, because it was the first one we ever got. Well, maybe not the first one we ever got, because you could play DVDs on PlayStation 2. Yeah. But to think that the Xbox and the PlayStation 2 were the same generation of game console... Oh, leaps and bounds of difference as well. Like, graphically, they were about on par with each other, but, like, functionally... And I think was was so. So the the Xbox. Oof. I think what they saw they saw what Dreamcast was trying to do, but Dreamcast did everything on the cheap. That was the problem over at Sega. Everything was so cheap. Like they had amazing yeah. ideas, but it wasn't well and executed, I, and it wasn't well marketed. I do think. I do think that Sega is a much better software developer. Yeah, they're a better developer than they were. Yeah, yeah. Because a lot of those games, even on Sega Genesis, a lot of those games were a lot of those games were ahead of their time. Yeah. And that's all thanks to the software development that was in those games. Mm -hmm. Like. I the one that I always rip right off the top of my head was Road Rash. Road Rash in like 1996 mm-hmm. was like almost on par with the N64. Yeah. It's just N64 took 3D rendering to a different level. It was just a later release. But yeah. Road Rash towards the end of it, you had, you had, uh, let me think, you had a three, you had a 3D map, a 3D map laid out, you had, it wasn't just, you know, 8-bit little characters on a motorcycle whipping you with a chain, it was a person whipping you with a chain. Mm -hmm. Now, again, I understand that this is all very rough. But we're getting closer. But at the time, it was beautiful. Yeah, yeah. But we're at that point. We were getting closer and closer and closer to a fully 3D rendered game, rather than you know a couple of 3D characters on a rolling 2D screen. Mm -hmm. That's my input on fucking console generations, I guess. Yeah. So there's now a rumor also that PlayStation may be uh, putting together Sony, maybe putting together a deal to buy out Square Enix, which would be interesting. And of all the developers they could buy, Square Enix would be the one. PlayStation's like success and their, their history is tied so closely to Square Enix. Square Enix like, has put out some of the best games, some of the most visually stunning games. And even just like the developers I, under their umbrella, uh, yeah. they own, they own IDOS. They own, um, they own IO, the Hitman people and Tomb Raider people, respectively. Yeah. Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest are the two 
biggest franchises in Japan. But like, if you look at PlayStation's history, there would be no PlayStation as we know it today if it weren't for Final Fantasy VII on the PS1. Like that was what like cemented That's their success. And it would make yeah. so much sense um, for for PlayStation to own Square Enix. I think Square Enix even did um, <clears throat> Armored Core. Uh, Armored Core they was did. from software before oh. the Dark Souls and everything. There actually, there's a new Armored Core game in development right now. Ooh, that's gonna be fun. Yeah. Now yeah, that, the, like, you know what? I played, I played Armored Dark Core. Souls created Armored Core. I played Armored Core on PlayStation 2, and I think I was too young to understand the game. Yeah. I would love a new, well-made Armored Core. And you know what I want, Michael? Hmm. As as retarded as it was, hmm. I want that big, giant mech controller. <laughs> I yeah. want something like that where that would obviously you would have steel to steel battalion. Yeah. Yeah, like I would love a steel battalion type controller that you mm-hmm. could put a VR headset on. Ooh, yeah. And when you obviously you would set it up in front of you on like some kind of level surface and all the rest of this. Mm-hmm. And there there should be obviously there'd be sensors inside that controller. Yeah. So that you could so look you around know. down at your buttons. That would be so and cool. And it's just blank buttons. No I even want to play a mech game, and like I want to that. play that game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. No button. No like light up buttons or anything like that. Just these like blank joysticks and buttons that would that when you look down onto whatever mech you're driving, basically different cores would have mm-hmm. different kinds yeah. of controls, but they're yeah. all laid out fairly similar. Yeah. Obviously, that would be like getting in a car. You know what I mean? Most. <laughs> vehicles are laid out the same way. They just have different interior features. Yeah. That's what I want. So I don't know if FromSoft... And I don't think I'm crazy out of line asking for that either. Go ahead. No. I I don't think FromSoft is actually owned by Sony, but they do make almost exclusively PlayStation titles. Like the Dark Souls and Demon Souls and Bloodborne and all those, they're all PlayStation exclusives. And I'm not sure if that's a deal they just have with Sony. I don't know about what's going to happen with Armored Core when this next game comes out. <coughs> Elden Ring, I don't know if that's on both consoles. Elden Ring, Ring looks like a lot of fun. So Elden Ring is J.R.R. Martin's game with From Software. Okay. It's as massive. Like, it takes the, the gameplay of a From game, like a Souls-style game, makes it a little more accessible to like your average gamer and it gives it this sprawling George R.R. R. Martin style story. Mm. It comes out, I, I want to say next month. I think it's out in February. Oh, um, Picard season two, March 3rd. Sick. Yeah. Well, it looks like I'm going to get a Paramount plus subscription again. <laughs> Whatever. That's yeah. fine. Uh, 
if anyone were to look at me and say, why would you want to watch Picard? I'm just going to be like, because it's phenomenal and you're an asshole for asking questions like that. We simply slap them in the mouth. Yeah. Give them a duff. Be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Shut up. I want to watch this 90-year-old man have an adventure. Yeah, get off, stop biting on it. Go away. Yeah. Ooh, do I have one John more card? Let me quickly check our email here. Nobody has emailed us, which is good. Don't do that. I uh, I had yet another person at Magic last night tell me that our podcast was pretty good. Nice. Nice. He listened to episode one of Keeping Up with the Skywalkers. Sweet. And I said I, to him, I, I listened like, to Listen. the first two episodes last, yesterday. Yeah. Then I good. said, Listen. Good time. And, and I was like, Listen, if you're really that into it, listen to the whole thing. Email us mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. Hit me, hit me with some bullshit. Yeah. And I will either have... ridicule it until it's over. Or we will wholeheartedly agree with you and explain why. We have we have finished keeping up with the Skywalkers now, but if enough people email us about it, we'll do like a little bonus thing about it. Hell yeah! Well, I mean, we still have to do <clears throat> we still solo have and to Rogue, Rogue One, yeah. One and Solo. Yeah, I mean, those aren't yeah. that's not related to the Skywalker saga, though. No, but it it does tie into the story of the trilogy. True. Well, I don't know. Solo doesn't really, but Rogue One definitely does. Solo just establishes where Solo, where Hot and Chewie come from. That's yeah. all it does. And Amelia Clark is fantastic in that movie too. She's mm-hmm. she's fantastic in everything she does. She is. Uh, same with uh, Donald Glover was amazing. Yeah, with Lando, he's getting his own he's getting his own miniseries on on Disney Plus. Who Lando? Yeah, Donald Glover as Lando Calrissian. <laughs> Nice. Nice. Yeah. That's what they should do with Solo, in my honest opinion, too. Yeah, give him a miniseries. Yeah, you had a story in mind. Button it up. Six episodes, an hour apiece. You can make that work. Mm -hmm. All right, brother. I think we're going to call it. Yeah, I think Uh, uh, think this was a solid one. Yeah, this is part of our our getting a backlog together. For for when my child is born, yep. So so just keep in mind that pretty soon, uh, we'll we'll be sticking to our regular every other Monday schedule, and also there there may be some content coming up in the not too distant future. That's uh so we've got a bunch of episodes that were previously only available on YouTube. Those will be uploaded to our podcast channel now yep. for listening over here. Um, we'll call though, it classic fast. Yeah. For now, though, follow us on Facebook and Instagram and TikTok. Mm-hmm. Do not email us at keepingthefat at gmail.com unless it's about Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, Fatty, I will talk to you next Sunday. Yes, sir. All right. All right, Michael. Have a good one. You have yourself a great day. I will. Bye.